Hello, this is Lisa Hazard again with part two of the podcast, Thinking About Thinking, and this is We're All Psychic Podcast. What is the point of doing this particular couple of podcasts? Um, well, I want to help you change your mind about yourself, see yourself in the world from another perspective, or as many other perspectives as you can think of. Um, I want to do that because... You know, a lot of people are beating themselves up all the time. A lot of people are hard on themselves. That's why I wrote the book that I'm going to read from um, for the second half of the podcast. The name of the book is Meditations, Mantras, and Ways to Stop Beating Yourself Up. And it has horrible reviews on Amazon, as you can imagine. Thank you very much. So this is the beginning. It starts with an introduction. How do you talk to yourself in your mind? Do you drop a full glass of juice on the floor and curse and feel bad for breaking it and hate every second of wiping and sweeping it up, worried someone might step on a glass shard you didn't catch and clean? Or do you shrug and take care of it, slightly irritated for being clumsy? You may even laugh and figure it's just one of those things. Life happens as do broken glasses and spilled OJ. I believe we learn how to talk to ourselves young. We may see other people in our family, those we admire, friends reacting certain ways. And we adapt them. Your mom may have been frustrated by irritating mistakes she made, and now you feel that same aggravation when you make those kinds of mistakes. You may take it as far, especially on a bad day, as saying in your head, I'm a klutz, I'm so stupid. You might even feel angry or disgusted with yourself. Well, that doesn't make you feel too great about yourself. Self-talk in positive ways can alter your life and your attitude about yourself. It's a common tool in popular psychology to teach people to talk to themselves in less destructive ways and train them to think positive thoughts about themselves. And we're having a little intermission because Ouija is talking. What's she talking about, Mama? You okay? Well, Ouija made her appearance and went back outside. I'll get back to the story. Woo-hoo. Think positive about yourself, right? Think positive. So many say it's easier said than done. In this little podcast, I'd like to give you something... Some ways you can teach yourself to get to the positive thinking mindset through meditation, imagery, mantras, and imagination. You have the inner strength to do it, but it may not be easy, or it might be really easy. Yeah, you just have to try it. So many of us have been lied to, cheated, stolen from, both with objects and emotions, or we've been hurt where we never thought we could have a happy or normal life again. Pain and regrets mixed with aching desires to have what we most want. What do you want? Do you want relief from stress and anxiety, pain and sadness? Would you like to feel more confident or comfortable in social situations? I'll tell you what I want if you'll admit to yourself what you want. I desire a peaceful life, interesting experience in which I don't feel awkward, depressed, or less than my society demands. I'd like to be able to speak freely and eloquently and not afraid to love and show it. But I have to know my limits. I'm getting there through the techniques I'll describe. If you're like me when I was younger, maybe you look in the mirror and see all your flaws. But you don't have to do that. Your mirror may be hanging in the bathroom sink, or it could be your image reflected in your loved one's eyes. Or even the reflection you see of yourself in your mind as you examine your inner self, your personality, and your spiritual side. In recent years, therapists have used a technique called mindfulness, and that's what I talked about in the first podcast. Many people have come out of clouds of despair with the right teachers and the willpower to make it work, and we all have that willpower. I use a combination of meditations and mantras to set myself right when I get off course. 
It doesn't always work, especially in the face of crushing low self-esteem. However, the more I do it, the more it settles in and changes my entire perspective. The craziest thing about it is I make it happen all on my own. In my mind, with my imagination, with imagining. We can too. We're all creators. We're all destroyers. Most of us walk a balance between them, almost falling off into insanity. Maybe a little drop of the toe or slip of the heel is all we need to delve into our deepest selves. The real thing we're afraid of facing. What if we look down in there and hate, truly despise what we see? The point I want to get across is you won't. Quit being afraid, right? So easy to say and so hard to do. Well, I'm hoping to help you find ways you can look within at your own pace and discover the creator inside you. The one who helps, the one who heals, the one who laughs and loves. And look at the destroyer. She's not the one necessarily burning cities. Perhaps she can conquer something else. Her terror of being something less than what she wants to be. Fear of being alone because she's unlovable. The horror of death she knows will come. I explain spiritual approaches to this. These aren't religious, but rather touching on our psychic sides and mostly utilizing what I consider our greatest gift, the imagination. Art, dance, music, trance, words, practice, and willpower. The ability to change all our lives however we want. We have the power to do that. You have the power to do that. I hope you can listen to this and find something you can work with. I want you to be happier. I want you to be satisfied that there's no terror of you being you. Awful things can happen. Destruction at its worst. People hurting people hurting you. Your family, your friends, your pets. Natural disasters can kill people. And there's shootings all over the place. And there's disasters all over the news. I mean, the news just blows it up. I hate the news, personally. But, you know, it's happened so fast. All this information spreading across the world. Split-second knowing. It's almost like mind-reading. When I was a kid in the 1980s, I never watched the news or looked at a newspaper. I played in the woods. Now I'm bombarded with awful stories everywhere of what could happen if. But I'm choosing not to live, wondering whether the sentence will end with someone being tortured or killed. Or me and all the people I know just being in horrible places. Myself having to experience this. Watching anybody have to, that I love just suffer. That's where the imagination goes sometimes, when you just aren't watching your thinking. I hope to give you some ideas and meditations you can use to stop being afraid and stop beating yourself up. You've been knocked around enough. And lastly, I hope to impart thoughts on how to maintain this attitude with mantras you can create in a meditation. Mantras are usually words, but why stop there? Maybe it's a song in your head or a tapping toe or a special necklace you rub when stressed. Try this out. Maybe it'll work for you. Chapter 1. What's wrong with me? Absolutely nothing. And everything. And some of this and some of that. But quit asking yourself that. Every time you go through your what's wrong with you list, begin a what's right with you list. Maybe you have nice feet. Maybe you've been told by a lot of friends you're a great listener. You won't want to think about those things after you've mentally crushed yourself with all the stuff you hate about yourself. It's hard to switch gears like that. The first time you may quit at simply thinking about doing it. But maybe you'll try it a few more times and say something nice and honest to yourself that you like about you. And you might even listen. And as crazy as it sounds, that one whisper from your own lips to your own ears could change your life. It might not happen each time you do it, but it could become a mantra. A mantra mantra. Said both ways. More on that later, but this is a simple way to train your mind. 
What do you think is wrong with you? What's so horrible? Name those things. Next, identify where those ideas came from. Did someone tell you that about yourself? Do you feel guilty about certain desires you have? Do you think you shouldn't? Have you been taught certain thoughts are bad? Have you been mean to people to make yourself feel stronger only to later feel miserable you did those things? You're human then. Welcome to humanity. We all do those things. And many of us hate ourselves for it. I suppose the ones who don't wouldn't bother picking up this book or re-listening to this podcast. <laughs> you are. You're trying to find a way to quit beating yourself up. Well, will these things work for you? I hope so. They work for me all the time. I learned them from Sheila, the therapist, and then some more techniques from reading and studying and practice and a lot more practice, especially the kind of practice requiring imagination of what works uniquely for me. As far as what I've noticed about myself and others and what we think is wrong with us, it comes from early experiences, possibly. Maybe we didn't make good grades. Maybe we didn't feel attractive enough. Maybe we couldn't tell a joke or felt like we couldn't. Maybe uh, we were messy or bathing wasn't consistent. And maybe sometimes we were just, you know, we felt like we were acting a fool. Oh, gosh. And then we got in trouble in the, the embarrassing times in high school. And you remember when you started noticing other people watching you around puberty oh my goodness that's when all the damage comes our poor little kid minds but then there are the teen years right we're going back to that as it is it is worse we don't dress right we talk in a stutter we carry our books funny we messed up dyeing our hair we hate that girl who hates us because she stole our earrings and gym so much hate but so much guilt those years because we thought we caused everything and we hate hating but those years everyone pretty much hates themselves more than anyone right Right. <laughs> Next, adulthood and beyond. Money, love, respect, worry. Who am I? What do I want out of life? Why does everybody keep telling me what I should want? Are they right? I have no clue about anything. I just want to sleep. You don't have to sleep. You can imagine your way out of it. So now, chapter two. What is a mantra and how can it help you? A mantra is something you associate with a different state of mind, like happiness when you're usually not the most upbeat person. Mostly they are known as words or phrases, but they can be anything. I have a mantra I developed over a few, over many, many years of imagining the happiest I could be. I use it now, not all the time, but to relax me, and I can feel the chemicals change in my body. <laughs> My mantra is a word phrase. An example of a natural mantra is a song you heard a lot during an extremely emotional time period of your life. Let's say you hear it now and you might feel that same way for a minute. How you felt then. The strength of your, what you were feeling then. Confusion, love, excitement, pain, anything going on. Mantras aren't just for boosting power in yourself. They are for natural association. They are natural associations. They are everywhere in everything. Colors, sunsets, cars, ringtones, paintings, movies, TV shows, a voice, smells. These mantras set your mind into another state. They take you where you were, however you felt. And when that mantra, that song, that thing comes, you're right back in that moment. Back in that moment. Back in those feelings. So how does a mantra work? So... 
many mystical types of people use mantras to take them into extreme states of higher consciousness. <laughs> Shamans use mantras to go into trance and explore different dimensions they describe and go into what is called the shamanic ecstasy where they feel extreme pleasure of spirit, body, and mind. A mantra simply transforms your perception. What do you think would work for you? Does music especially affect you? Do you like the idea of how it, having powerful words you can say or think to give you like specific motive to change or just helps you change? Try all kinds of things for mantra. And I think I said this before, but imagination is a great, strong, and powerful gift, which is uniquely yours. The way your imagination works is key to creating mantras and being able to use them in everyday life. So let's look at the imagery and your imagination. There are universal symbols we all relate to. The image of a couple in love kissing. It can provoke a number of emotions and associations, but we can see from the image of how the two feel about each other. The symbol of a red heart usually makes people think of love. A wave or a bowel is a greeting, a gesture anyone can understand. Mostly. <laughs> What kind of imagery provokes you? The sight of a cat makes me happy, and the sound of a cat purring relaxes me. The smell and sound of coffee purring excites me for the steaming mug soon to come. Being in a car going too fast scares me to death. Uh, I don't like going in cars. Ugh, and I hate moving, like, across country and stuff. So, on your own, try something. Try something. Um, you can write this down, but make a list of... Anything that stimulates your imagination, imagery, um, sounds, music, anything that just gets your imagination going, books, reading, anything like that, listening to podcasts. And this kind of goes back to the mindfulness in the first podcast. You put down like what your imagery is, and then you put down the associations you have with it. And then you dig a little deeper and see where those associations come from. You can write and write and write about this forever. Read back over what you wrote a few days after trying suggestions from this podcast and use your list in developing your mantras and meditations. You're lucky you just nailed down some pretty powerful, personal, meaningful, subconscious stuff right there when you write it down and you read it back. You go, whoa. Keep the things in the list in mind as you think about what your symbols are. What gets your emotional levels changing and why? The point is to use these things in your imagination to create your own mantras. So you will be able to change your emotional state and perception with but a thought. On to imagination. How powerful is it? I think it's the most powerful source in the world. I think of my dreams. My imagination came up with those. Pretty fabulous. And anything can happen in dreams, so why not in the imagination? You can do anything you want there. But be prepared if you indulge your imaginings to have emotional experience as you fantasize. For example, say you're a woman in love with a married man. You haven't let yourself have romantic thoughts and daydreams of him because you know he's attached and it won't work out. However, maybe your desires get to be too much and you have a fantasy and it was wonderful. You felt great thinking about what the two of you would be doing together in love. Next time you see him, you'll probably feel differently. You've always had the crush or... But now you're even more excited to see him or embarrassed or shy or flirtatious. Your reaction depends on your personality and personal morality, I guess. But there's a new reaction. Your imagination is so powerful, I believe. 
that by simply imagining something, your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between real events and fantasy events. Thus, by imagining you're just... Some part of your mind believes it actually happened, maybe, even though in what we call reality, it didn't. He has no clue. You, on the other hand, have made a new association by having a passionate daydream. You created a mantra of your own. From this, think of all the mantras you can create just by imagining. I'm going to stop here from the book, and I'm going to talk about Allie, <laughs> because this is the perfect time. Um, in the first part of this podcast, I did a lot of talking about thinking. And at the end, I told you I was going to read from the book for a little bit. And then I was going to talk about Miss Allie. Allie lives in Serbia. She was on the podcast, uh, Allie's Bag of Tricks. Delightful podcast. I love Allie. She, she, she's done wonderful things for me. So this is how a mantra and a meditation can work. And this example of what Ali did is a really great example. But first, I want to say, keep in mind, keep in mind that what your imagination uses as a mantra might not be what someone else's is. I mean, your imagination is the most unique thing about you, in my opinion, probably, and all of us. Our imaginations are just... And um, when you go into a meditation, what you can do is just... Like what I did when I was younger was that I got myself worked up into a daydream. So happy, 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 happy as I could be. And then I made a catchphrase and I repeated it when I was feeling that happy, happy feeling in the daydream. Repeated it over and over and over and over and over again. And I still use this mantra. I just thought that much anymore because I don't really need it. It was to make me happy and pretty happy. But I was able to do it in moments of distress, moments of pain, moments of fear, chaos, and it would bring me into a state of just bliss. So what Allie did for me, we met on Instagram. We both have accounts, and she is a tarot reader. She, she's a million things, but she's among many things. She does tarot. And that's how we started talking. We both shared tarot posts on Instagram. And she had an offer for a free reading. And I took her up on it. You know I did. And she said, it's $300. I said, I don't have $300. She said, just kidding. It's free. Silly. And she started, I asked about my career. I just wanted, and it's funny because Allie and I still, we just talk about work, 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 work. Well, career, uh, hobbies, everything we want to do is fine. Uh, because we've developed a friendship since then. Um, but. At this time, I was just talking about my career, and Ali did a tarot spread, uh, the Houses of Astrology tarot spread, where you lay the cards out like they are the houses in an astrology chart, and you read what's going on in the person's life of each area of their life with the cards, like you would an astrology chart. And she's looking at it, and she gets to, I think, my, excuse me, I think to my fourth house, and she says, What's 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 going on with your husband? There's some, there's some tension there, and I said, well, I said uh, this is really personal. I didn't want to talk about this. And I was thinking to myself, well, it is a reading, and I mean, she's a stranger. I guess I can talk to her about it. I said, well, I think well, I've got agoraphobia. I said, I just, I mean, I always thought, you know, if you had agoraphobia, you couldn't go anywhere, but I can go places. Um, I just can't most of the time. She says, well, let's try something. She said, uh, I have a bag of tricks, and I'm going to try something with you if you want. She said, do you really want to be free of this? 
said, yeah, because I can't do stuff with my husband. He's real active. He wants to go to shows. He wants to go do things, go out to eat, go do stuff. And uh, it's getting pretty boring for him because he's a Libra and he likes some some stimulation. And uh, <laughs> and I just just want to do those things and I'm dying to. And at that time in my life, I was really focusing on trying to beat this because I always thought it was social anxiety, but it was actually agoraphobia. When I did some more like deep soul searching and internet researching, I found some key phrases and I said, oh, it's actually, I don't think it's social anxiety. I think it's agoraphobia because I don't want to leave my house. So she says, Ali says, um, imagine you have the sun right in the center of your solar plexus. Just imagine the sun just starting real small and getting bigger and warmer and bigger and warmer in your solar plexus. So I did that and I was like, mm, I kind of want to imagine it's a star. I don't want to like a different star. I don't want to imagine the sun. I'm having resistance to this. There's something about Ali. She just like captured me, captured my energy, captured my attention. And I was feeling some kind of way. I don't know how to say it. Um, really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And I wanted to go through this process because I thought it might lead me somewhere, but I felt really uncomfortable. Now, remind you, this is like on DMs on Instagram, just messages. She says, no, don't imagine a star, any other star. She said sun. She just wrote sun. And I started trying again. I closed my eyes and I imagined the sun slowly building there. It wouldn't, it wouldn't grow. It wouldn't grow. And I have a good imagination. Like, Come on, man, grow. And it was like restricting. I couldn't get that sun to grow. I couldn't. It was just too hard. And then I started feeling like I was choking. And I told Allie, I said, Wrote's really tight. I said, I sat there for a minute and I realized I had to say something. And I told Allie, I feel like I have to say something, but I don't know what it is. And I'm also afraid to say it. She says, What is it? And I didn't say it to her. I said it in my head. And then I looked at the front door, closed front door. And I said, It's not fair. I said it real quiet. It's not fair. And then that sun in my solar plexus just blew up. And I felt so warm and bright and empowered. And then I was just like, Allie, it's, it's not fair. That's what I had to say. It's not fair. So I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know what magic she used. I don't know what work I did. I just know ever since then, as soon as I finished talking with her and thanked her profusely, I, I knew, I knew something had been changed with that mantra whenever i can whenever i say to myself it's not fair i get a lot of empowerment i don't know why that's the one that came to me i don't know that's why what i had to say was there i don't know why that was the block that was the mantra that developed and ali got me there and i'm that was 2018 in august and i'm still going out and about and not very much because of covid but i still do and I love going out. I love seeing people. And I love it, love it, love it. And I miss everybody when I don't get to socialize. I mean, I, I really just love it now. So that's what, like uh, how powerful uh, uh, well, a reading or a meditation can be. And that's what a mantra can do. There was another mantra, the one I talked about in the book that I developed, that brings me a lot of ecstasy and happiness. And I developed that over years 
uh, probably well, I've intensely intensively worked with this mantra for about three weeks, and then for years I still use it. There are a lot of meditations you can do to get you into a headspace where you can develop your own mantra that is just for you and is just yours. I recommend going anywhere on the internet that you like to go for meditations and listen. And when you feel that whatever energy you're trying to generate in yourself, try to develop a mantra. If it doesn't come naturally, make one up or play a song the whole time you're meditating. And every time you hear that song in your head, maybe it'll become a mantra. You could put your mantra song on your phone as your ringtone. And every time your phone rang, you might sink into that feeling. There's all kinds of things you can do with it. The point is to empower yourself and to give yourself different perspectives. Give yourself an opportunity to experience whatever you want, whenever you want. Just with a thought. That's the whole point of changing the way you think. Having control over it, not letting it dominate, but allowing yourself to use the intellect and use the thoughts to make life better. Why damage ourselves with our thoughts? Why damn anything when there's so much to be grateful for and so much to enjoy? From my perspective anyway now <laughs> that was a shout out to Allie there and a shout out to Misty thank you Misty as always and thank you Allie I'd also like to thank my sponsor Everclear Everclear is an advice app where you can get your advice from psychics and empaths everclear.com where it's an app you can get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve and that lastly, everybody, thank you for listening to this duo of podcasts. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it helps in some way. You can always write me at Lisa at we'reallpsychic.com or go to the website we'reallpsychic.com and support the podcast. <laughs> and we also have some of my husband, Mikey Hazard's art on sale on Tee Public, all kinds of t-shirts, pillows, phone cases, totes, onesies, hoodies, hats. <laughs> I get oh, tapestries. Yes, there's tapestries. And if you'd like to be a guest, I'd love to have you. Or if you have any questions, just let me know. I'm here to help. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great day.